In today's show, we look ahead to Wednesday in the NBA. Who's playing, what we're watching for, streaming options, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to look ahead to Wednesday. There are nine games on for us to take a look at. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The first game is the Hawks and the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Injury-wise, we've got Muxy Kleber that's out for Dallas and a bunch of guys potentially returning. Dorian Finney-Smith, Timmy Hardaway, Josh Green are all listed as questionable. And, of course, the returns of all of these guys impact a lot of things. Reggie Bullock, Dwight Powell. Finney Smith returning, impacts Hardaway. Josh Green returning, impacts Hardaway. If they're all back, Hardaway is not going to play 36, 37 minutes a night. Um, and you know, him and Finney Smith and Green and Bullock all get consigned to the waiver wire of a 12-team league. That's it. Hardaway was getting a real boost because of volume overcoming deficiencies. And when the volume drops back, maybe he still does play 32 minutes a night, but it's not the same as 37 minutes a night. And I find it hard to believe he'll remain a 12-team league player. On the Hawks side of things, I do want to watch Bogdan Bogdanovich. I highlighted him in the buy low, sell high show earlier today and how poorly he was shooting. I don't have gigantically high hopes for him, but I'd like to see some sort of a turnaround. And I also want to watch the breakdown between uh, Onyeka Okongwu and Clint Capella. Lisa needs braces. Onyeka started last game, played 27 minutes. Capella outperformed him, but played 21 minutes. What's going to happen here? 24 apiece? Does Capella move back to starting? How long does it take? How long does it take for Capella get back, to get back to his regular minutes? So we still keep holding a Kongwu until we see him back in the 20-21 minute zone. That is going to be interesting. On the Mavs, I do want to watch Jaden Hardy, who showed a real propensity to score. Now, last game, that was, of course, because Luka Doncic was out. Hardy really stepped up, played 27 minutes, went big. Where do they find minutes for him? Do they find minutes for him? Probably not. Because he played 15 minutes combined the two previous games. I want to watch him from a more longer-term perspective, but is there a way he fights his way into some sort of regular rotation? It's going to be hard if Finney Smith, Hardaway, and Bullock all play, though. And as I said, I do want to watch Hardaway because his minutes had been so high, and he was producing at a decent enough level. But if all these guys come back, he's not playing 30 minutes a night. Or oh, sorry, he's not playing like 33 minutes a night, I wouldn't have thought, or 34 minutes a night or anything like that, which is what he had been playing. So watching his playing time and impact on the game is, is going to be very intriguing. The Wizards and the Jazz, or not the Jazz, Jesus, why did I say the Jazz? The Wizards and the Knicks. That's the next game we're taking a look at. The Knicks are six-point favorites here. At this point, no one is out, and there's only one questionable player, and that is Bradley Beal, who's returning from that hamstring issue. I expect that Beal does play here. On the Wizards side of things, I want to watch DeLon Wright. He played 28 minutes last game, 25 the game before that, 25 the game before that. If DeLon Wright is a 25-minute-a-night player, he is probably a 12-team guy. 
maybe more along the lines of what Alex Caruso was last season before his injury. A guy that gives you some assists, blocks a shot, gets good steals. Not going to be a big scorer, but his ability in category leagues is there. Or are those minutes just up because Beal is out? And they still want to give minutes to Kispert and Morris and Goodwin and Avdia and Hachimura and all those guys. So I don't mind an ad of Wright. It is trending up. I think Wright's a really good player. Um, but is it fake? That is a big, big question for us. So we want to watch that really carefully, especially if Beal plays. I also want to watch Dan Gafford because he sprained his ankle and he's played 17 and 22 minutes since returning. The minutes were starting to trend down anyway from a 28-minute, 29-minute starter. Because Beal is coming back and they still want to force minutes into Kispert and Hachimura and Avdi and those guys, does that mean they go less of the Gafford-Porzingis combo, restricting Dan to being really just Porzingis' backup? Because if that's the case, then he's not a 12-team league player. But let's see. Can he push back to 25 minutes? That is really important. On the Knicks, it's about Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett and how the minutes get distributed. Quickly went from 34 minutes down to 21. He did have some foul trouble in that game, but what do we do with the playing time? How do we make sense of it? How do we make sense of Barrett going from 27 minutes to 49 minutes? I don't know if we can, but let's see. Do they keep Quickly under 25 again? Because then I'll drop him. Also, it's Jalen Brunson, who's on a real hot streak at the moment. He is playing a shit ton of minutes. The lowest minutes he has played since he returned from injury, by the way, is 38. Lowest minutes since he returned from injury is 38. We all know it's stupid, but let's see. Because early in the season, he was playing 33, 34 minutes. And now they're just leaning so heavily on him. What's it going to do for his efficiency and his health? That is a, that is a key question, always. Pace is thunder. The Thunder are four-point favorites because they're playing really well. We know Torres Halliburton is out. Pokashevsky's out. Robinson Earl is out. Usman Jeng is out. Um, Kendall Brown is out. Daniel Tice is out. And Eugene Omaroye is questionable. On Indiana, we saw a gigantic TJ McConnell game. 32 minutes for TJ McConnell is not the norm. He played 24, 24, 26, the three prior games. So that is probably going to be in that 25-minute zone. I want to watch Andrew Nembhard, who has still played good minutes most of the time. He just, in the three games since Halliburton's been out, he can't hit shots. I think he's under 40% in every one of those games. The assists and steals were still strong last game. He's not boosting gigantic usage, but hit a shot, mate. Like, give me 10, 4, and 7 with two steals. That's a very good 12-team line. Can you get there, though? I want to see his usage, the role, the minutes, what they, what do they do with McConnell. That's all very important. I also want to watch Isaiah Jackson, not because I believe that he's going to play, but... We are three weeks away from the trade deadline. And the recent evidence suggests to us that if Miles Turner is traded, which I still think he's a big if, and it's probably only got like a 10% chance of happening, that if he is traded, Jackson will be the starter. All right, that's what we saw, even though it makes no sense to now DNP him, which is what's happened. So I want to see, do they go back to Jalen Smith as the backup? Does Jackson sit there um, playing pocket billiards all game? Or does he get in as the backup? Holding him could pay off big time, but could also cost you in the three weeks leading up to it where you get zeros basically every night. I think the risk reward, if you're in a top half of the standings, it's too great not to have him. But let's see, what does Carlisle do? Does he go back to whatever it is that Jalen Smith provides? On the Thunder, Lou Dort was quite good last game. I still do not believe that Lou Dort is a 12-team league must roster player. No, my son is also named Bort. In points leagues, I do. In category leagues, I don't. Sorry, more, more clarity there. Also, it's Josh Giddy because he's been playing like a top 30 player. His shooting percentages are through the roof. His usage is way up. He's scoring 20 points per game over the last two weeks. Is this the new thing with Giddy? Because 
Don't look now, but he's actually been a good shooter this year. Improved his free throws significantly, hitting threes at a league average or above rate. And he's actually taken it up another step over the last two weeks. So let's watch Giddy. Is that a temporary blip? Or is he just going to be this guy now? I think that's uh, something that really does need to be answered for us. Not that we get the full answer here, but you know what I mean. Today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. If one of your goals in 2023 is to manage your budget better and save money, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about, like that streaming service that you bought to watch just one show on, or that free trial that you never even used. I swear to God, I've got a couple, and I really need to get rid of it. I've got um, this BritBox and I don't know, we're trying to watch some show on that and then AMC to watch Interview with a Vampire. Never watched a single thing on those uh, for any other reason. So maybe, hey, hey, Rocket Money, that's going to help me out. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Simply find the subscription that you don't want and press cancel. Well, that's easy. Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back or forth. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. The Cavs and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are six and a half point favorites here in this game. Um, Donovan Mitchell, he's not officially out, but he's out. They've listed him doubtful. He left the game with a groin strain. Um, I'm, there's no way. Like, just rule him out for a week. And I heard an interesting theory, I think it was on Dunked On, talking about um, why, especially like somewhere like Mitchell here, they're hesitant to they rule him out for three weeks, which I think this might be a two to three week injury, to be honest, is to allow people to keep voting for him with the hopes that he plays in the All-Star game. Because if he gets ruled out for three weeks, they might just be like, like, no, like, why am I voting for him? He's not going to play, which is pretty sneaky if that's the case. And it's frustrating for us. But it was a theory that made a little bit of sense to me. Because if he left the game with a groin strain, it's got to be weeks. Has to be weeks. So, I'd be very. they've got a Friday, Saturday back-to-back. I'd be very surprised if he played there. Very. So, let's see. Dean Wade's out, Windler's out. Well, Johnny Conchar is questionable for the Grizzlies. So, of course, on Cleveland, we want to watch Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. Even with Mitchell going down last game, he was dreadful. He played 15 minutes. Does the... Return of Rubio, does that mean that Levert doesn't get that boost that we think maybe he can? I don't know. Levert, historically this season, if Garland or Mitchell has been out of stepped up, he steps up and then steps on the throat of your percentages, but he steps up and gets bigger usage. But if Rubio is going to play 20 minutes, maybe they don't need Levert to do that much. So that'll be something for us to watch. And then I also want to watch Isaac Okoro, whose last couple of games have been better, or last string of games. But his minutes are still unpredictable. 18, 29, 15, 29. Surely he gets 25 at least with Mitchell out and can give you maybe two threes, two steals. So that's at least deep league streaming stuff there for Okoro. On the Grizzlies, I do want to watch Steven Adams, who's been rebounding the ball really well, but he still struggles in a lot of other areas. And his minutes have been down the last two games. They've been blowouts, but just watch that. Low minutes there. He's a really specific sort of fantasy player. Must roster points league guy. But category leagues, it's really going to depend on what you do. I also want to watch Zaire Williams because John Conchar has been out the last two games. So Zaire played 28 and 17 minutes. Does he stick in the rotation over David Roddy Piper? Because there was a stage where they were benching Williams and playing Roddy. And can Williams be someone who impacts at least 16 team leagues? Can he get more minutes than John Conchar as we move forward? The Heat and the Pelicans. 
Miami are one-point favorites. Um, Duncan Robinson is out. Zion is out. I'm just going to assume that Brandon Ingram is out. He's not officially out at this point, but I'm listing him out. I'm listing him at least doubtful. Herb Jones is questionable, and Kyle Lowry questionable as well. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Now, in saying that, he's not officially questionable, Lowry. I've just got him marked questionable because he's missed the last four games, and we, we don't have a time frame. So at this point, we'll put him questionable. There's a big chance that he sits. I want to watch Gabe Vincent in case Lowry sits. Now, last game, Vincent next to Hero didn't work particularly well for Vincent in his elite production. He still is a 12-team league guy, I think. Um, but I don't see that with Hero there, he can really blow it up. While Victor Oladipo, he's going to have field goal percentage issues. I think we're all relatively confident of that. But his minutes feel secure. When this team is healthy, does he play 33 or does he play 29? And who's the guy that misses out? It's probably going to be um, Struess and Vincent. But we do need to see that and see how he fits into that rotation. On the Pelicans, it's been a strong run, three-game run from Trey Murphy. And with Ingram and Zion out and maybe Herb Jones out, he gets more opportunities with good minutes to put up some good numbers. Now, he had that real bad stretch where he played 25 and 23 minutes and couldn't do anything. And then he went 34, 35, 33 and put up big numbers. Coincidentally, that's been since Herb has been out. So is it only because Herb is out? Does he go back to 29 minutes if Herb returns? And then I also watch Larry Nance Jr. because it's not good. 20, 18, and 15 in the last three games. Again, it is no surprise that with Ingram and Zion out, Valanciunas needs to play more. That means Nance plays less. Easy stuff. Might be counterintuitive because you see Nance listed as a power forward when he is basically not ever a power forward. He's a center. And if they need Valanciunas out there more, that means they can't play Nance as much. So you do not have to have Nance. Nance will be valuable, I believe, when Zion returns. That has been my statement on that basically the whole time. And I'm sticking with it. But let's see. Does Do I get proved wrong? It is possible. The Hornets and the Rockets. The Hornets are three-point favorites in this game. Oubre is out. Cody Martin, I think, is questionable. Gordon Haywood, like, who knows? Are they going to list him doubtful again? I'm going to scream if they do, and they probably will. But at this point, they haven't done it yet. And then Kevin Porter Jr., they said he's trending towards playing in this game. On the Hornets, we do want to watch Jalen McDaniels, who put up a really big game last time out. He'd struggled for the three prior to that. He's definitely just a fringe guy. And as soon as Haywood is back, I'm not sure that Jalen is going to remain a 12-team league player. I also want to watch uh, Mark Williams. Oh, hi, Mark. Is he back as the backup center again? Do they go back to Big Dick Nick? Is this going to be a back and forward, back and forward? I'd say there's an equivalent chance of the cockroach, cockroach Mason Plumley being traded than there is Miles Turner. Is there an equivalent chance of Mark Williams being the center, starting center compared to Isaiah Jackson? I don't, I don't know about that. I think Jackson's probably a higher value stash than Mark Williams, but we're getting to that trade deadline time where stashing gets a little bit more viability. And the encouraging sign was that Mark Williams moved back into the backup role um, in the last game. For the Houston Rockets. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. I want to see how many steps it takes Stephen Silas to reduce Shengun's minutes to 28. Because Shengun played 37 minutes last game dominated the Lakers. They ran the offense through him. But when Cousin Kev returns, what's going to happen? Is Shengun going to play 27 minutes, 24 minutes, 30 minutes? The ineptitude of the coaching is something I want to watch. Also, Eric Gordon, whose last couple of games have actually been much better. Is he a 12-team league guy? I don't really think that's the case. But he's at least got more streaming value than he's had in the past. And he's playing a little bit better. I still, It's an unfathomable that he is still on this team. It's unfathomable. But he still is. Will he get traded? I've got no idea. And then if Kevin Porter returns, what does that mean for KJ Martin, who's played 30 plus minutes the last three games? I don't think he's going to be worth holding. 
And he hasn't been all season when they've been healthy, but obviously we want to watch that. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.net, the number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for all professional and amateur leagues out there, the NFL, college basketball, the NBA. They've got it all at betonline.net, and we look at the odds for the NFL divisional round. Unfortunately, the Dolphins couldn't get it done against the Bills, and the Bills come in as actually a five-point favorite only against the Cincinnati Bengals. It's up in Buffalo. Can they get that done? Do you think any underdog can win? The Jags, the Giants, the Bengals, and the Cowboys? I can one of them will get up, and I think it might be the Bengals. But we'll find out. You can check all that information at betonline.net. It's the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's look at the Clippers and the Jazz. This is a back-to-back for the Clippers. John Wall is going to be out. Kelly Linick is going to be out. And I'm going to assume that Kawhi Leonard is out, but that is not confirmed. They said that Kawhi would play Tuesday and be questionable Wednesday. I'll be pretty surprised if he plays, but I don't know. At this point, Paul George is questionable for Tuesday. I would expect that if he plays Tuesday, he sits Wednesday. And then if he sits Tuesday, he plays Wednesday. But that is still up in the air. Kennard is out Tuesday, so there's a chance that he plays on Wednesday. And then Lowry Markinen is officially questionable for the Jazz after missing the last two games with the um, with the hip complaint. The Clippers will get way more information after their game today, so check the recap show later today. On the Jazz, it's all about watching rookies. Walker Kessler, who played gigantic minutes and had a 20-20 game against the Wolves. 31 minutes, 32 minutes, 27 minutes, 30 minutes the last four games for Kessler. Yes, he is starting with Linux out. I expect that when Markkinen returns, he keeps starting and Vanderbilt moves to the bench and he probably still plays 28 to 30 minutes. He's clearly a must-roster player, but how the Vanderbilt-Walker-Kessler minutes look is something to pay attention to. And then last game, Oshag Baji played 31 minutes. He's played 20-plus in three consecutive games. Yes, it does help the Linux out. It helps that Markkinen missed two of those games as well. But the minutes trending for him in favor or him over Alexander Walker, over Gay, over Horton Tucker is an intrigue is a, it's a very intriguing development. Is it a something that's portending for future value? I don't know. I wouldn't add him in 12 team leagues at all. I'd consider it in 16 team leagues. But that trend of his minutes is something that we need to pay attention to. The Wolves and the Nuggets, this is a back-to-back for Denver. Um they're eight-point favorites in this one, actually, Denver. We know Gobert... Well, actually, Gobert is not likely to play. We don't know. They haven't ruled him out, which is ridiculous to me. He's, I think he's going to be out for weeks, but I don't know that. I don't know that at all, but that would be my assumption after leaving the last two games early. So I'm just going to say he's not going to play in this game. Towns is out. McLaughlin's out. While for Denver on Tuesday's game, the headmaster, Jamal Murray, the five-minute man, Bones Highland, and Vlatko Chanchar are all questionable for Tuesday's game. So their status for Wednesday has got to be in a little bit of doubt as well. On the Wolves side of things, it's Nas Reed that we want to watch. He's a must-roster player. I'm going to guess that Gobert sits the Wednesday, Thursday back-to-back at least. So Reed's going to have value there. And also Kyle Anderson, who is also a must-roster player and has been basically since Towns went down. Yes, you could have dropped him with the back stuff, but he's got to be rostered now. So watching how Reed and Anderson go, does Anderson's value spike because Gobert's out? I don't really think so, but hey, let's pay attention to that. The last game of the day is the Kings and the Lakers. The Kings are three-point favorites here. Davis will be out. Austin Reeves will be out. Lonnie Walker will be out. Hello. Um, no injuries for Sacramento at this point. Last game from Fanapan's Kevin Herter, he struggled. 
He played just 23 minutes in a win against the Spurs. Is that real 23 minutes? I don't think so. So watch for his minutes to go back up and then how did it affect guys like Davion Mitchell, um, Casey Okpala, Terrence Davis, those sort of players. I think he was still probably recovering from his illness. I also want to watch the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. As detailed on the buy low, sell high show today, Barnes is shooting like 55% from three and it's just fueling everything that he's doing. What does his minutes look like? What does his production look like? Can, does the shooting start to fall off in this game? Because it is going to happen. When do we see it start? Because he is rolling at a ridiculous level. And the Kings are rolling as well. They've won four consecutive games by a minimum of 13 points. And that was the game against the Spurs. Uh, yeah, against the Spurs. So let's watch Barnes' shooting. For the Lakers, well, we all know what we want to watch. We want to see what the hell is going on at center between Wenyan Gabriel and Tom Bryant. Now, does Tom Bryant's size mean that he plays more against the bonus? Like, he can't defend him because he's a dreadful defender. But Gabriel's a lot skinnier, so I don't know. Do we see 20 from Bryant and 27 from Gabriel again? I think it's going to be closer to 24-24. And I think in the end, I, I, I wouldn't drop Bryant yet, and I wouldn't rush to add Gabriel in 12 teams. But if we get the same thing happen again in this game, then yeah, I probably do make that switch. So that's probably one of the most important things we have to watch. I also watch Dennis Schroeder, not because I like torturing myself, but because like, can he show me anything to suggest he's a 12-team league guy? The answer is no, but can he? Not no. You can stream him for some points. Maybe he hits a shot at higher than 18%. Maybe. But I don't have faith in much else with him. But let's see. His time of being even in consideration is, I think, coming to an end. In terms of back-to-backs, Wednesday, Thursday, how we stream in. It's only Minnesota. So that's why we really love the Nas Reed ad and Kyle Anderson and Torian Prince even. Maybe even Jalen Noel with that back-to-back coming up. If we're just streaming for Wednesday, Nas Reed, Kyle Anderson right at the top. Najee Marshall's good streamer. Quentin Grimes. Grimey. This briefcase and this haircut. These guys are all available in 40% plus, or 50% plus of leagues. Andrew Nembhard, I really think he should be rostered. Terrence Mann. Dennis Schroeder, that's a bit iffy. And then Dylan Wright, as I said, like what are the minutes looking like with Beal potentially back? Wright is intriguing as a stream. For deeper leagues, Wright's available in a lot of spots. So you add him in all 14 teams for sure. And anything deeper. Isaiah Joe and Mike Muscala, it's always iffy to stream in fringe Thunder players, but Joe usually can be good for like eight points and two threes. Um, Pat Beverly, Nico Batum is a good deeper league stream. Torian Prince, especially with the back-to-back. Troy Brown getting some good minutes for the Lakers. He's worth a look in 14s. And Jose Alvarado is probably worth a 14-team league stream as well. For points leagues, these guys are all available in at least six, uh, at least 40% of leagues. Nas Reed, Najee Marshall, the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. Stormer Norman Power, Kyle Anderson, Lou Dort, Terrence Mann, and Dracaris Levert. And if we look at the next four days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, who are some guys that we can add? I've got six names here who I think should be rostered. And they're started irrespective of schedule. These guys are all still floating around. Kyle Anderson, he's actually got three games in the next four nights. Um, Mr. Like um, Banged Up Abroad, Jalen Duran. Passport legend, Jalen Duran, who might not play in the France game because he's lost his passport. They're trying to get him over there. But I don't care. He's a top 70 player. You don't drop him. Make sure he's rostered. He's available in 40% more or more, and more than 40% of leagues. You add him. Trey Murphy. TJ McConnell, still available in 40% plus. I think it's 48% of leagues. Needs to be way more. Go and add him. They've got three games in the next four nights. It is the easiest ad you'll ever make. 
And then Jalen Williams and Nas Reed. Both of those guys, well, Williams has two, Reed has three. They're guys to grab for this short term at least. And then some scheduled beneficiaries, Andrew Nembhard, three games in four nights. That's why we want to add him. And then Malik Monk. I'm a little bit iffy on Monk. His production hasn't been great. But again, we look at the teams with three games in four nights, and the Kings are one of them, and he's got some value. The, te- the other teams with three games in four nights, we've got the Wolves, you've got the Kings, the Hawks, the Cavs, and the Pacers. So if Rubio's going to sit one of those games, but Levert's value bumps up there, maybe Okoro's in there. The Pacers are getting Nembhard, McConnell, maybe Isaiah Jackson, but maybe he plays three minutes in the next four nights. Total. It's possible too. So they're the, they're the th- five teams that have three games in the next four nights. And that... Guys, we'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.